Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research and broker-dealer member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and Cornerstone Financial Consultants are not affiliated. to the Journey Mindset Podcast. My name is Sean Ulrich, and I'm a financial advisor at Cornerstone Financial in Washington, Missouri. And I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, Ron Shear. And Ron is a former financial advisor with a wealth of knowledge on all things investing. So we are lucky to have him. And Ron, man, what is one thing you are doing to enjoy your journey this week? Well, you know, Sean, this is a month that we enjoy. In our family, we enjoy a lot of September birthdays. And, cool. uh, and we, we just... Uh, uh, Birthdays are pretty important in our family, and uh, no matter how, how how old you are, how young mm-hmm. you are, you get acknowledged in a pretty good fashion when uh, in our family when it's your birthday. So that's uh, that's a big deal. How about you? Same thing, man. We just had my dad swing through here. It is his birthday today as we're recording this on September 8th. And so I think we're going to swing through Eckert's, which I don't know if you've had any uh, good experiences out at Eckert's before. You bet. Yes, I have. And, and for somebody like us that, you know, when I was growing up, my mom was just a steady fruits and vegetables lady. She was just constantly throwing those out on the uh, on the table for us to try to consume. And with my brother and I growing boys, we were just putting those down like crazy. Oh, so yeah. you'd have to take about three trips to the grocery store each week to, uh, to contain us. But hopping into our topic for this week, we're going to talk about what are all the different educational routes that people have after high school? And our previous show was talking all about student loans. So I thought this might be a good you know, one-two punch for us to go off of. And the five different areas that we're going to talk about, actually four, we're going to combine four and five together, are number one, what does it look like to try to go to a traditional four-year college? Number two, what does it look like to go to a community college? Number three, what does a trade school look like? And then four and five, we're going to combine those, either try to start a business right out of high school or go to work for somebody else. So before we get into our discussion, Ron, what comes to your mind when you think about all the options that high school graduates have after high school? Well, you know what? I think uh, it, there's uh, there's something for everybody out there. And uh, But I think one of the things that, that I guess dis- disappoints me lately is that uh, we have a, a segment of people out there that really don't want to make any kind of preparations for what they're going to do in their future. They'd uh, be content to go to McDonald's and, uh, and dunk French fries for fifteen twenty dollars <laughs> an hour. And, and Sean, you know, I, and 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 God love them if uh, if if that's what you want to do. I I just think that there's more in life than that. And I think <laughs> that uh, transitional time between high school and what you do before you go to work is a time to educate yourself and I think it's time to make preparations for what you're going to do for the rest of your life and uh, I think that's just important because it comes down to being able to take care of yourself uh, the government shouldn't uh, have to take care of you your parents shouldn't have to take care of you it's uh, it's what you do to get ready to be uh, a grown-up and a respectable citizen in this country 
And it's just such an interesting time with social media to be able to yeah. try to determine, you know, do I want to go pay the higher rate to go to traditional college, which I still think is kind of the gold standard that people should usually travel down. I think so. <clears throat> but we're definitely getting to that point that community college makes a ton of sense. A trade school, if that's something that you really could sure. see yourself doing, be, could be a great idea. Or then trying to get creative. I'm going to have a good story for our listeners later in the show about trying to start a business and what that could potentially look like. Maybe even while you're in college and what that might what that might look like. Right. So let's roll into number one and talk about what it looks like to go tra- tra- to a traditional four-year college in today's day and age. And according to the U.S. Census Bureau, the number of Americans who have completed a four-year degree by the age of 25 jumped from 4.6% in 1940 to close to 35% in 2020, which is meaning that 35% of people have that four-year degree after the age of 25. And according to U.S. News, the average cost of college in 2021, if you plan on attending a private university, is thirty five thousand dollars in two thousand and twenty one? If you want to go to a public out of state college, the average is twenty one thousand one hundred eighty four dollars, and then an in state public college is just under ten thousand dollars. And for those that are wondering, what is the average student loan debt when somebody graduates? It's thirty thousand dollars on average, which usually takes uh, the average person twenty one years to pay off, according to the U.S. Department of Education. And according to NPR, four out of 10 students fail to graduate college within a six-year period of time. And keeping rolling with our fun facts here, the uh, Federal Reserve Bank of New York found out that 41% of college graduates are actually underemployed, meaning that the job that they took out of college was actually not, their college degree was not required for the job that they took. So essentially, it was kind of a goofy, uh, goofy thing that they ended up doing. And the last fun fact before my first question is that a recent Gallup poll in 2017 interviewed 122,000 adults and asked what their thoughts were on their college and and would they attend that same college and study the same thing. And 51% of people, over half of of people, regretted the college they went to or what they studied. So my second question for you, Ron, is when you think about all these individuals and considering that four-year college route... What do you think about some of those interesting fun facts? Well, I, I think that the student uh, student uh, loan uh, pro- uh, situation and, and what it uh, what the average student comes out of uh, uh, graduating and the, the amount of money that they owe, I think, uh, has to cause uh, uh, some concern. And I think it's also the uh, jumping off point to ask some questions. I mean, can you afford the school that you plan to go to? Mm. I mean, that's number one. Number two, do they offer the degree that you uh, that you uh, want to pursue, and if you don't, if you haven't decided what degree you want to pursue, I might suggest that you take a look at a community college and get general studies out of the way at your community college, and you can do that very efficiently. And for heaven forbid, you can actually probably live with your mom and dad, mm. and or live at home, and and finish your first two years of schooling. I think there's a lot of questions, and I think there's a question or two that never get answers to because they don't get asked. I think we we have an idea of uh, what's going to look most impressive hanging on my office wall, mm-hmm. a degree from uh, from uh, University of Missouri or Central Missouri State University or, or Harvard, and I think that's what... I think that's what is most attractive many times to people, and that's probably not the best way to pursue where you go to school. 
Yeah, and I think my first take, just like what you were saying, is the four-year college route makes a ton of sense if you're that high school senior that knows what they want to study. If you're coming into your junior or senior year and you're saying, I want to do engineering, or I want to do journalism at Mizzou, that makes a ton of sense to roll right into that program. Exactly. But if you're like probably more than half, probably 75% of kids I feel like that are going into college are like, they have a decent idea or they're just kind of guessing, kind of floating. Sure. you got to be able to consider, you know, options two, three, and four that we're going to talk about today because and you're going you know dang near forty fifty thousand dollars into debt without really any clue of what direction you really want to try to go in if you're going that four-year route without a great idea of what you want to try to do so it's interesting to see what some of these bigger companies have started to do and let's talk about that right now so massive companies like Google, Netflix, and Microsoft have actually put out that they are not requiring a four-year degree for all of their candidates like they previously would have done, and they've actually taken it upon themselves to have new programs to prepare people to help work at those bigger companies. And according to an article written by Medium.com, it says that this week Google announced new professional certificates that can be completed in six months to help Americans obtain high-growth job opportunities They also signaled to job seekers that they would treat these certificates, which require no prior experience of undergraduate credentials, as the equivalent of four-year degrees by their hiring managers. And it also went on to say that Microsoft launched a similar global initiative to uplift the professional skills of 25 million people per a blog post that they put out on June 30th, and this was in 2020, The target ambitions in light of the pandemic are strikingly similar to Google, supporting that they are trying to get, you know, as many people access to digital skills for people that were hardest hit, the people that lost jobs during the pandemics with lower incomes, women, and underrepresented communities. So, Ron, what's your take on these bigger tech companies, you know, not requiring that four-year degree and giving people, carving out really a new path for people to work at their company? Well, I, I think that that's uh, I think that's kind of twofold. I think number one, that's an adjustment they're making because of what's uh, what what the marketplace is not providing for them, mm. and uh, and because they have to have a certain number of people uh, to actually efficiently run the company. So I think they're making some accommodation there for the simple reason that they maybe not are not able to find enough college graduates. I think that's for starters. The other thing I think is very common today is that uh, a, a, a corporation like Google or Microsoft will employ you. And then the w- one thing I think that's one of the many things that's, that's wonderful about working for a company like that is then later they do give you an opportunity to go back to school. And many of mm. these companies encourage you to do that. And the bottom line is, in capital letters and underline, they encourage you to go back to school because that degree is still important and it's important to them to the extent that they'll actually pay you to do that. Yeah. And yeah. That's, uh, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I have two friends, I think one for MasterCard and then one for a bigger company here in St. Louis that just like you said, as long as you stuck with their company, they would pay for that master's degree. And I think both of them got an MBA and just propelled them to a, a new height. And that's a pretty cool incentive to stay with the company. I think that that's a great way to consider working for sure a is. particular job. So there's a lot of options that are out there that people just with a little bit of, of work on the front end, can try to put yourself in the best place possible. But we hit on kind of some of the tougher aspects of a four-year traditional college to start. So some, some great statistics about going to a four-year college are that according to MarketWatch, nine out of 10 jobs that were created in 2018 went to college graduates. And on average, college graduates earn $900,000 more over their lifetime 
as opposed to somebody that just went to high school. And some great final advantages of college are that, number one, you have a great overall experience most of the time of going to that school. It exposes people to all kinds of different new people and opportunities that they would not have otherwise had had they not been on that big campus. You get access to a huge major alumni network. I know that a lot of people are now on LinkedIn. If you hop on LinkedIn, you can plug in, hey, I went to, I finished up at Louisiana Tech University, plug in all, you know, who are the alumni at each one, each one of these companies and try to get connected to a fellow LaTeX Bulldog if you, if you went to LaTeX. Uh, the next ones are, it's a great way to make lifelong friends. It can get you out of your parents' house if that's a, a problem that parents are having. And then according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, over 70% of the jobs found are found through some sort of networking, again, giving you a better opportunity to try to go to that bigger school. So with all that being said, Ron, what are your final thoughts well, on the four-year college? I, I, I am all, if, if the four-year college, if you answer the questions that, uh, that you have to ask when you're graduating high school, and if that's the proper fit for you, I'm all for it. And the other thing I think that too many times is overlooked with attending a four-year university is that uh, most universities, uh, they have the ears and the eyes of many, many major corporations. And it's in the springtime, particularly, major corporations will visit campuses and they'll do interviewing. And that's been the open door for many, many college graduates from four-year institutions that, uh, that they find themselves into the workplace by uh, by what the college is able to provide. And I don't think that's insignificant. I think it's very significant. No, not at all. And I think that may actually be where my brother got connected to his job. Was Could that be. like a job fair type thing where they came, uh, came to Mizzou as well? So the second type of educational route that we're going to talk about is community college. And we have, uh, I think, eight different, 10 different benefits that we're going to roll down as to why community colleges can make a ton of sense for people that are still... They want to get their gen eds out of the way. They want to stay close to home and save a lot of money. So the first benefit, I just hit on it right there, is that the average tuition for a lot of community colleges can be right around, you know, thirty five hundred to four thousand bucks right. a month. But the cool thing is, you know, we're here in Washington, Missouri, recording this podcast in the state of Missouri, and I know that this has been whether or not they're going to keep it around uh, for as long as they have. We have something called the A plus program which if you have all of these qualifications, you're a U.S. citizen, you know, you have a written agreement with your high school, you went to the right high school that's, that's approved for this particular program, you had over a 2.5 GPA, you attended high school, 95%, a 95% attendance record, and then you're willing to do 50 hours of unpaid tutoring or mentoring, and 25% of that can be, you know, you shadowing a different job. And then the last one is you have to take a specific test and you didn't do drugs while you're in high school. No drugs being done. Uh, you can qualify for almost all of your um, almost all of your community college tuition to be paid for. I know that this is something that people can mm -hmm. consider. And what a huge blessing to be able to get a ton of your school paid for, even if you still want to go to that four-year school that can be a huge amount of savings and you're just kind of going about your life in a normal way with a little bit of extra work on the side. It gives you a ton of, ton of academic flexibility. If you go to a community colleges, you, you know, you can figure out, you know, what is the exact area that you want to try to study. Your financial aid will go farther. You can work at the same time in community colleges. 60% of the people go part-time. There's a rise in the STEM programs that are allowed at, at community colleges now. That's science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, that huge push 
We're trying to keep up with China, Ron. Trying to keep up with all the different uh, jobs that are getting created. And out you there. know what? We should. And, <clears throat> and uh, the reason we should is because we have to. Yeah. We have to stay competitive. And if you can do that at an affordable rate before the four-year college, that's a huge deal. The ease of transfer of credits can be nice. The community college experience is improving. They're now allowing some people to be on campus. You get a lot more personalized, smaller classrooms, just like in high school at community colleges. You can get those professional certificates and you can do it all online if you choose. So Ron, what are your thoughts on some of those benefits of going to a community college? Well, I think for many people, it's, it's, it's absolutely the answer. And, uh, and I think it, it not only is the education level uh, very high, but it's, uh, it makes it affordable. And the one thing we don't probably talk enough about is the fact that you, uh, you save room and board, which is always a significant part of what your annual college costs are. And, uh, you know, sure, you have to live at home. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's just two more years. And at, at high school age, everybody wants to be out on their own. But uh, it, uh, it just makes a good amount of sense for a number of people. And particularly then, too, for people who find themselves uh, that, that they're married and uh, they need some training to, to help improve themselves and in, in, uh, how they want to work. And, and they can work towards a, gre- a degree. And they can do that even in evenings. That's the thing that community colleges are so famous for. It works out great. And I took an interesting route through college, Ron. I Baseball two years at Mizzou. Then I transferred to a junior college, a community college for a year, which was an interesting thing because I'd come in with a lot of credits. So I had to get creative with the classes that I took. Thankfully, I went to a cool one called Johnson County Community College in a nice part of Kansas City, Overland Park, mm-hmm. where... You know, I was able to take College Spanish 3, work on a little bit of Espanol. I think I uh, did a little bit more reading, writing classes, just supplement what I had already done at Mizzou. Gave me that junior college experience and then finished up at Louisiana Tech. But I liked it. I really enjoyed it and had that community uh, around me. So I'm not going to knock it. And especially if you're somebody that wants to go on to try to play college athletics, community colleges or JUCOs can be a phenomenal route for people to try to travel. Sure, that doesn't affect your eligibility even. No, I mean, not at all. Uh, that's, that's a great that's, idea. That's a very important factor too when you, you've got so many years of athletic uh, uh, scholarships and yep. that, uh, that's, uh, that's a good, that was a good play, very wise. Yeah, no doubt. And just a reminder, you're listening to the Journey Mindset podcast and you can connect with us at thejourneymindset.com or reach out to us at Cornerstone Financial Consultants at 636-239-5000. All right, so the third educational route that we're going to talk about today is going to a trade school. And these have a lot of different advantages, but let's roll through uh, some of the different ones right now. So some trade schools allow you to start whenever you want. They don't have that traditional semester system and you can hop in. It looks like a lot of the ones that I was checking out have like 10 week blocks, training blocks. So to look at the type of trade that you want to try to get into, which we'll list out a couple here uh, in a little bit and see when's the best time to hop in. The second advantage is that there's smaller classes and you have everybody in your class. You're all getting trained to do the exact same thing. Whereas some regular colleges, you've got a bunch of different students that are out there. There's career service opportunities, mean, meaning that you're able to get placed directly into jobs pretty quick after you get these uh, types of degrees. You're able to save some cash. And I was looking up the difference between the community college cost, the average cost of going to the in-state public school. And it looked like the trade school kind of landed right there in the middle. It was a little bit more than the community college, but a little bit less than the uh, public college. And if you're wondering what the, the difference is between a community college and a trade school, the trade school is just much more hands-on. You're really getting in. You're seeing what it's like to 
you know, go and perform that actual job with usually an apprenticeship. And, and it's a flexible schedule that gets you, you know, ready to roll in that particular area. And if you're curious for trade schools, you can still get grants, you can still get loans and even scholarships, which I think is a, a pretty big help for people that are considering that route. So Ron, what are your initial thoughts on somebody going to a trade school? I, I, I have a very close uh, friend who works uh, at Ameren, and he is a graduate of Rankin as, a, as an electrician and uh, has just done phenomenally well. That's, uh, that's the area that he wanted to work in. But here again, the key is, is that he was willing to make some preparation to do what his final job was going to be and what, mm-hmm. what he typically knew he wanted to be in his work, working adult working life. And that's, that's what's important. You have to make some plans and you have to prepare yourself, whether it's a college, a community college, a trade school. Trade schools are absolutely wonderful for, because they're very intent on teaching you the skill that you need for the job that you're actually going to have. And it's, uh, it's not, uh, it's like medicine. It's, uh, the, the trade schools are focused mostly on the clinicals or they're mm. the on the, on, on hand, uh, on the job type training. And that's, uh, it's, it's just invaluable. I mean, you're, they come out so prepared and know exactly what to do, what to do in the job that they're going to actually do. And it's, uh, it's a, it's a tremendous program. And I've been in a, a handful of networking circles as mm-hmm. an advisor where if you're in need of somebody in the trades during a, a high volume time, you can't even get a hold of them. I mean, they're so busy because the demand is so high. Absolutely. Uh, like I think for us, like a handyman was one that was just in constant uh, you know, demand where people needed them. Plumbers were in constant right. demand as well. Electricians. People that you wanted to try to get them to, you know, do a Zoom on a Wednesday at 9 a.m. and they're like, "Sorry, we're working. We got a lot of stuff we got to do. We can't, we can't hop on the Zoom call with That's you right, right now." And and we're really blessed in our community here, being in Washington, uh, Rankin, of course, in St. Louis, has been there many, many, many years. It's not a new school; it's a very old school, and they do a phenomenal job. And then you go to the west to uh, to the Missouri State uh, Technical College there at Lynn, uh, which used to be called Lynn Tech, but nonetheless. It's, uh, it's just a phenomenal thing how it's grown. It's because of the popularity, and the popularity is there because they've done a great job in preparing these students to go out into the workforce, and that's what's made them successful. It's what's given them staying power. Definitely, 100%. And I was curious as to what are some of the more either common or well-thought-of trade school you know, opportunities for people out there. So I got a list of 15, 15 of them, if you guys want to bear with me as I roll through this list down here. And then, Ron, I'm going to get your hot take on which one you like the best or, or which few that you like the best after I read through these. So 15 different trade schools. This is not a, di- a comprehensive list, uh, but this is just a few options that people have. The first can be a welder, somebody that's going out to a welding trade school. Next can be a heavy equipment operator, somebody that's going through. We're trying to make improvements in our community. You're the one that's running that show. can be kind of dangerous. The next is a plumber. We just talked about it, a huge need for it with all the houses that are going up. An HVAC technician, which they said uh, a lot of the times HVACs will really ramp up, especially when it starts to get colder out. And, man, if your, your heater goes out, you're going you're gonna to be calling those people you know, pretty dang quick wanting yeah, to get that thing sure. squared away. Number 11, this was a unique one, dental hygienist. I guess a dental hygienist is actually known uh, to, to go through technically a trade school to get to where they are. Mm-hmm. And good personality. These are people that can make just under six figures. 
elevator installer or repair person. These are those that, hey, if you work in a big office building, that thing goes out. Not everybody wants to take the stairs. You're going to have to go through and then get somebody to fix that for you. Number nine is an electrician with all those houses going up, a huge need. Uh, the, one of the most lucrative is number eight, the geological and petroleum technician. If you want to work in the natural gas industry, this can be a great way to make a living. Number seven was a sonographer or somebody that operates special imaging equipment, just like ultrasounds. We've got a baby boom. We just had COVID. Had a lot of people inside for a long time. Could be, <laughs> could could be, be busy. Could be a good job to, hold, to go into. Number six is a radiation therapist. And of course, that's one of the uh, more challenging ones to go into with all the different types of diseases that are out there. Number five is a logger. That is by far the most dangerous one. I think the fatality rate is, is super high on something like that. Four was dock workers, somebody that's building docks, Lake of the Ozarks. Maybe uh, roll down there, see if you can't get a reputable, reputable company started. Right. Three was roofer. I got a good buddy that does that, makes great money. Number two is a construction laborer. And then number one is an automobile mechanic. So after going through our trade school list, Ron, what are your thoughts on some of those jobs? Well, those are, those are necessary jobs, uh, and, you know, that, that, that we need. We have to have them. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's where you want to be. You want to be in, in a sweet spot where uh, you don't want to be the best buggy, buggy whip builder, <laughs> you know, in Washington, Missouri. You just don't want to do that because there's no, no need for them. You want to be whether where there's need now my favorite is and you asked me about that it would be number nine and that's an electrician one of my favorite hey. favorite people of all time was my godfather and hmm. he uh, he was an electrician and uh, and the other thing is is that i i'm just absolutely scared to death of electricity and uh i mean <laughs> me it, it just it's just non-discriminatory it bites everybody oh. and it just bites me every time and yeah and uh, so i'd like to know probably if i were going to go back to school i'd probably try to learn a little more about electricity and, and when I think about the different trade school routes, I feel like if you have either a family business or for whatever reason, a particular drive in a certain area, I mean, there are people that have been in the trades. We work in the investment industry that have been doing it for six to eight to, to 15 to 20 years with a, a lot of money saved up, a lot of money saved up because they've just kind of kept the nose to the grindstone and kept going and lived a life that, you know, allows them to set themselves up comfortably for a long period of time. I've been good savers and investors, and it is a incredibly practical way to build pretty good wealth over a long period of time. So it's one that if you're not somebody that likes the traditional college route, definitely worth looking or looking or going into, in my opinion. So the last one that we're going to talk about when we're talking about, you know, different routes that people can go after they graduate high school. I've got kind of a cool story for you, Ron. So my roommate in college decided to start a business later in college. He took the same idea for Airbnb and applied it to storage, essentially oh. saying that if you have a home, you know, in a college town and you have an extra room, if you have more space in your garage, in your basement, whatever you want it to be, he and two other student athletes put together a business called Rue that eventually got acquired and bought out that, you know, they helped people make some extra cash on the side by pulling together and, and getting these extra rooms, helping people make money off of it. But some of the cool benefits of trying to start a business while you're in college, or even if you decide not to go the college route, but we're going to focus on if somebody tries to start a business while they're in college it's pretty low risk in that you're going to school already. So you're already getting on, on a path to be able to get into a job. Why not try to start a business and make a little bit of money on the side while you're there? There's a lot of resources around on campus to support building a business while you're there. 
you know, it gives you access to real world education. I feel like that's usually the number one knock of employers after people get out mm-hmm. of college is right. we don't have any real world experience. You know, if you start that business in college, that could be a way for you to get some real world experience. You got a tons of customers. You got tons of college kids walking around. If that fits into that business model, you have access to mentoring, great place to find co-founders. That's one of the cool things about the investment industry. You get to learn how businesses were formed and then number seven, career building. You know, this can be a great way to throw on a resume, even if you're an epic failure, you know, even which I mean, you know, even if it doesn't end up working out, you can say, hey, I tried to uh, get this thing going in the right direction. It shows a little bit of drive, a little bit of incentive. Yeah, sure so it does. It what does. do you think about people getting, you know, a little bit creative and trying to start a business while they're in college or even out of college as a different route to take? Uh, I have the greatest amount of admiration for anybody that uh, that uh, has a concept that uh, and they develop it. And, uh, you know, and it all starts, Sean, with the business plan. You have to you have to plan what you're going to do. You have to and, and you have to be able to provide a product or a service that people are going to need. And it doesn't have to be complex. It can be a very simple service. But I, I just have the greatest amount of admiration for anyone who will actually go down that road, because that's. That's really the American spirit right there. Yeah. And it, that's the epitome of the American spirit is when a young person sees something that, that fills a need that another human being has and it's saleable, whether it's a product or a service, and they go after that and develop a business plan and launch into it. And, you know, it, it's a wonderful thing if they succeed. It's not necessarily a bad thing if they fail for the simple reason that some of the best and brightest business people in the country, the real empires of, of American industry and technology, guess what? If you look at their resume, there are a number of failures. But it's, mm. you know, the old saying comes in, I'm better off that I've tried and failed as to not tried and succeeded. I mean, if, you, if, if you're going to give it a go, give it a go. Put your heart in it and, and do it. And I like to surround myself with people like that, regardless anyways, because sure. you know you're going to get knocked down. You know that whatever idea you have is going to have to change. And it usually takes somebody pretty creative, pretty pretty big time drive to make that work. So what a cool, I think one of the quotes that always sticks out to me, one of my teachers had this up on their wall, is it's like the point of education is to re- replace a closed mind with an open mind. Just open it up to a lot of different possibilities. And uh, I like the idea of people getting creative. If you're in college and you can pull that off, man, what a cool deal uh, of trying to be able to do that. I have an acquaintance uh, that, that uh, I, I still see on a fairly regular basis that uh, went to school at Springfield at uh, Missouri State, as it's referred to now. But uh, he came from a slight background in the publishing business, and he started a little, uh, a little penny saver newspaper there on campus mm. and, and actually grew it to a point where it was a respectable little shopping newspaper. And I, I will never forget that uh, for the, uh, for the uh, tenacity that he had to stick with that and, and the courage and belief, the self-belief that and he'd done his homework. He knew there was a marketplace there that would, uh, would support it. So he, uh, he had done well. And I like that. I absolutely like that. So let's review uh, our four things that we talked about today, the four different routes that people can travel. And that's number one, going to just a traditional four-year college. Number two is you can go the community college route. Number three is that you can go to a trade school. Or number four, you can bust out and try to start your own business right out of high school if you've got a good enough idea, a business plan, and a drive to be able to get it done. 
So before we wrap it up today, Ron, do you have any final thoughts on the different routes that people can travel after high school? I do. I, I, I think uh, the listening audience can fully understand my appreciation for people who that uh, don't stay static in their life when they graduate from high school. You know, you go to a high school commencement, and that isn't. Commencement, by its definition, is not the end of something, but it's the beginning of something. Mm. And a commencement, a high school commencement, in and of itself should be that point where now you make that second choice, whether you're going to go to a community college, you're going to go to a four-year school, or you're going to go to a trade school. Bottom line is, is you need to do something to educate, educate yourself to, to prepare yourself for the job of your future. Because that's what it comes down to is when you leave home and uh, you're no longer in the, in the you're, you know, your parents are no longer paying the bills. You're responsible for your own uh, food and shelter and for, uh, for your uh, spouse and, and the children that come along. That's what you have to do. And there's too, you know, there's too little concentration on, on that. And I get very incensed about the people who want Fifteen to twenty dollars an hour to, to work at a McDonald's. Those are, those are for high school kids who still have pimples. For heaven's sake, that's mm. not that's not an end career for people. It sure certainly shouldn't. Yeah. And to me, that's a signal that there's just a lack of ambition in in, in folks. And and uh, please don't call me. Please don't write me. If you disagree with me, then then uh, <laughs> that's your that's your privilege. And I'm glad that we were able to hit uh, the recap that we did of today's show to try to give people a, a broad perspective on what all the options that they have after high school. And there's so many possibilities, again, with the traditional four-year route or the community college route, even really considering the trade school. Or if you want to try to start your own business, I don't think that there's a better time than right now to be able to try something like that. There's so much access with the internet. You know, there's so many resources that are out there to be able to support people that are creative and have the drive to be able to go out and put that hard work in. I think the one detriment is just, it's very easy to be complacent right now. You can sit back and kind of coast with uh, just the way that, that life is structured. But for those that are driven enough, you can really make a name for yourself. It's pretty cool. Sure. And obviously there's two sides to that coin, but would love for uh, people to pursue whatever they feel called to, and uh, hope that this show really brought them in a good direction. Well, I, and I think that's I think that's the point, Sean. These are not easy times for people, you know, not just in this country, but I suspect from around the world. And uh, but by golly, it's it's you can fall into that complacency, and you can just throw up your hands and give up. But the people who make a difference are those the ones that fight their way through it. And and uh, and uh, education and knowledge is power, and that will never change. I didn't make that rule. You didn't make that rule. <laughs> But that's a rule that will always be with us. Uh, knowledge is power. And if you want to, and, and power can be parlayed into income. And, and after all, we don't, not, not all work is about the money that you make, but unfortunately is a part, certain part of it because you do have to pay your bills. So the reason for the podcast and the real heart behind all of our messages lies in the gospel. We believe that God sent his only son, Jesus, to this world with a message of good news. The good news is that we as humans do not need to earn our way into heaven. Instead, we need to repent of the current way that we live, living for ourselves in our own personal glory, and instead choose to invite Jesus into our lives to follow his word, what we believe to be truth. Ultimately, we believe Jesus, after living a perfect life here on earth, was put to death for no other reason other than saying he was the son of God, thus being put to death for our sins, which he knew was going to happen. And we wholeheartedly believe that we were all created to do good works, rooted in truth, 
what we know to be God's word, driven by love with this newfound freedom as a response to this good news. So as always, guys, be sure to connect with us at thejourneymindset.com or visit our company page, cornerstone2invest.com and reach out to us at Cornerstone Financial in Washington, Missouri at 636-239-5000 if you would like to connect and learn more about what it would look like to invest with us here at Cornerstone Financial. And our goal is to always get to know your particular situation and to see how we can help. So big thank you for tuning in today. We love being on 99.9 KFAV.